Day 51. Today being day 51, the psalm I am reading is the same number. Psalm 51 is written as an individual confession, out of hard experience, but dedicated to the director of music. It is deeply and painfully personal, but offered for use in a community. It is about facing uncomfortable truths and standing in need of forgiveness. It is one of the Psalms which is clearly tied to specific events. In this case, after the prophet Nathan comes to David after he has committed adultery with Bathsheba. We first encounter David as a boy being anointed by Samuel to succeed Saul who has descended into himself and away from the Lord. David is described as a man after God's own heart, who will do everything the Lord requires of him. We follow the arc of his story, from service as a royal musician, through his signature victory over Goliath in the Valley of Allah, to his becoming a general in the army, an outcast on the run, and ultimately king. David lives in the public domain. His reputation has been significant and his responsibilities great. Through all the ups and downs, David has been faithful, trusting, courageous and obedient. He is honest about his doubts and fears and confesses his sin when he gets things wrong. At the height of his power, he commits adultery with Bathsheba, tries to cover up her pregnancy and has her husband Uriah killed. This is perhaps the lowest point of his life. But initially, it looks like he has succeeded in hiding his transgressions. He is, after all, the king and above reproach. History is riddled with the corpses and charred reputations of those who have had the temerity to question or challenge a king. The prophet Nathan takes his life in his hands and comes and confronts the king with a parable which faces and uncovers the sin that has been done. David does not tell Nathan to stay in his lane, and that it is none of his business. He does not question the prophet's loyalty, motives or character. His shame leads to confession. Just as David's victories have been public, so is his failure. He recognises that although a number of people have been hurt, wronged and drawn into the manipulation of people and events, ultimately his sin is against the Lord. If something has gone well or badly, we live with the lingering aftermath. The medals of victory hold great memories, but are easier to set aside than the scars of defeat. Failure is hard to face up to. We have a tendency to refuse to take responsibility, to cut ourselves a little slack and apportion the fault to other people. When we do something wrong, we deflect blame, deny responsibility, dispute the facts and destroy the evidence or the accuser. David is a leader who faces up to failure. This is a marked contrast to the response of many in leadership in recent scandals which have rocked evangelical churches and organisations. As I was reading a reflection on one such situation, a phrase stood out to me. 
evasiveness, misinformation, intimidation. This is what we all tend to turn to when we try to achieve by the flesh what can only happen through transparency, confession and repentance. It is this transparency, confession and repentance that David publicly models. The psalm starts with a plea for mercy, not based on his own merits or demerits, but based on God's unfailing love and great compassion. If God's mercy was dependent on our earning it, we would be in deep trouble indeed. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions, wash away all my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. David asks that God will obliterate his sin and clean him up. God is able to overwrite our transgressions with grace and love, so that they can no longer be read. Some verses in the middle made me smile. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. The last few weeks have underlined the importance of being clean to me. I am not currently being cleansed with hyssop. My regime at present employs a range of antibacterial products. Along with this, I do emphasise with the hope that crushed bones will experience joy. Not that either of these experiences really connect with the intention of the psalmist. David is more concerned with his heart than my ankle. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Only God can do this, then and now. Douglas Copeland is an author I have enjoyed. In Life After God, he writes, And then I felt sad because I realised that once people are broken in certain ways, they can never be fixed. And this is something nobody ever tells you when you are young, and it never fails to surprise you as you grow older, as you see people in your life break one by one. You wonder when your turn is going to be, or if it's already happened. Today I am thankful that there is an answer to brokenness. I am grateful again for the cross of Christ and the salvation it achieves. I am thankful that failure does not need to be final or fatal. I want to lead showing others the grace that has been shown to me. We stumble and fall. You may be down right now, but you are not out. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart you, God, will not despise. As we approach the season of Advent, it is a good reminder that the good news is not good news because it comes to good people. It is good news because it comes to broken, guilty, sinful people. Jesus' life, death and resurrection underline that failure does not have to be fatal. It means that a clean heart is possible, a fresh start available, a new life on offer 
and forgiveness signed and sealed. Repentance does not describe something we have to do in order to return to God. It encapsulates the very idea of turning to the Lord. A prayer. Dear Father, I lay before you the darkest areas of my life. I give you the things which I have done wrong and the areas where I have failed to act as I should. I never want to live like this again. Right now, I choose to turn away from everything I know to be wrong about my life. As I kneel before you in adoration, I ask for your forgiveness, and I give you all my shame, guilt, and wrongdoing. Thank you that you accept me and embrace me. Please fill me with your Holy Spirit now. Focus my heart on you, and empower me in everything that I do. I ask all this in the precious name of Jesus, my Saviour and Protector. Amen.